There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Helen and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Sarah. Hi everyone. And together we are the founders of Amazing If, a business that is all about making work better for everybody, which just makes me very happy whenever I say it. That is what we get to do in our company. And this podcast, the Squiggly Careers podcast, is here to help all of us listening and us probably as well when we talk about it, develop the skills that we need to succeed in our squiggly careers. And today's episode is actually part two and that's our first podcast as well as the new year. So happy new year to everybody. Happy new year, everyone. Um, happy new year. I feel like we should have some of those party poppers, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should have thought that, shouldn't we? Like way before now. Oops. Oops. Sour cube fake sound effect in your mind <laughs> uh, but yeah it's the second part of the two-part series we've been doing on career habits for a happy career in 2019 and it's exactly the same format as the one that we did last week so we'll share with you the five habits that we think will help you so that's kind of habits six seven eight nine and ten um, and actually I'll do a quick recap of the first five habits for you so you know what we covered in the first episode which was last week but obviously have a listen to that if any of these kind of tweak your interest and you've not listened to it yet so last week's five career habits that we talked about for a happy career in 2019 the first one was to be your own growth mindset manager the second habit was to give and receive meaningful feedback and we talked about some ways to do that habit three was about being intentional about what you want to learn and how you want to learn it habit four was all around connecting people and how you can be that particular person in a network that does that and habit five was about finding a way to disconnect. So hopefully there's some food for thought in that and um, worthwhile listen for you if you've not done already. But yeah, today we're going to follow exactly the same format. We'll talk through the habit. We'll talk about the action that we're going to take as well so that you know that we're committing to that stuff. And so before we dive in, we've got one thing coming up in January that we just wanted to let everybody know about as well as the daily career tip that Helen does on Instagram using Instagram stories, which I know has now got a kind of hardcore following of people every day. I love it. Um, Thank you, Instagram story followers, if you're listening. (laughs) We're also going to include a review of a different career development book every month, which we'll put on Insta TV. And the first book that we're going to review is actually on emotional intelligence, which is kind of a summary book by the School of Life. So 
if that's something that sounds interesting and you think you might find useful both the daily career tips and the monthly kind of career development book review you can find us at amazing if on instagram and you'll also see a good insight into our squiggly careers because we tend to post lots of pictures of what we're both doing um each and every day so if you want to be a bit nosy it's a good way to do that too (laughs) and i have the book in front of me on the desk i'm really excited to uh, use it the title actually for people is the emotionally intelligent office 20 key skills emotional skills for the workplace and it doesn't look too heavy a read it's got some it's got some pictures and stuff in there as well um so yeah i'm looking forward to cracking on with it there's something about it being like 20 key skills i feel like i could probably read like one a night between now and when we're doing our review uh, it just seems a bit more uh, accessible to us um so shall i kick off with the first habit for this week then sarah yeah go for it So habit six of our 10 habits for a happy career is to supercharge your strengths. And it's one of the things that we talk a lot about, about Amazing If. We particularly focus on the importance of super strengths, which is the things that you are uh, distinctive and uniquely good at, is the things that add the most value in your company. And the main point really in terms of supercharging your strengths this year is to think about what percentage of your time are you spending using your strengths and your super strengths. And because ideally we want to be using as much of our time as possible on those things that we are great at because you're going to add more value to a company and that kind of in turn means you get to do more of the stuff that you're good at so it's kind of quite self-fulfilling so Sarah in your role today then what percentage of your time do you think you spend and you get to use the things that you're great at so in my day job if I if I call it that where I'm a managing director of a creative agency I think I probably use my super strengths so the things that I'm particularly brilliant at maybe 40 to 45% of the time. And my overall, if I was to kind of add together my super strengths and my strengths, probably more like 60% of the time. And I think it's a really good question to ask yourself because the first thing, as soon as I started thinking about this, I thought about, I wonder why that's not higher and what could I do to increase that, that number? Because I think now in most people's jobs... If I ever ask anyone, you know, when was the last time you looked at your job spec? It's usually when you applied for the job. And there are so many opportunities now for us to spot projects or things we can volunteer for where we can add more value to an organisation. Because why would an organisation not want that? Why would they not want that value from you? Unless it's something that's a million miles away from your day job or going to distract you from your day job, I guess. It's usually worth your while and worth your manager and your team's while for you to be doing the things that you're best at. Because it's something like, is it that people are six times more productive when they're using their strengths? Have I got that right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. Start from Gallup, should anyone want the reference? So I guess, Sarah, that for you to be able to work out that A, you've got to know a difference between your strengths and your super strengths to be able to kind of make that like calculation. So if you're listening and you think, hmm, interesting question, but I haven't actually spent any time thinking about my strengths, episode 27 of this Ooh, it feels like a long time podcast. ago now it does feel like a long time ago i think this is an episode 63 maybe yeah i think so so um yeah so episode 27 is all about strength so maybe your starting point in order to answer that question about what percentage of your time you're spending on the things that you're great at if, if the starting point is what am i great at then go listen to that podcast because that could be helpful and i think my reflection is when i was at microsoft which feels like a while ago now but really wasn't a while ago I would say I was using probably about 50% of my super strengths in that job because the time that I was in control of, I could use that. But I was in a lot of meetings where I was kind of, um, I guess, just reactive to the situation and it wasn't always playing. I could do the things that that job needed, but it wasn't always playing on my super strengths. Whereas now in Amazing If, I think I spend 
probably about 80% of my time, 70, 80% of your, my time using my super strengths. And, At least we're practicing uh, what we preach then. I know, I know. <laughs> kind of make it do- now, now you, you don't have to change it. You know, I made a very big change. I don't think you have to do that. I think in your answer to this question are a couple of actions for yourself. So I think answer the question first, what percentage of your time, then think about if you were to increase it by at least 20%, what would that take? And I think it has to be at least 20% because it makes you think about quite big shifts. And I would think about two different routes there and increasing it by 20%. If you could craft your job slightly differently to increase it by 20% or more, what would that look like? And if you were to change your job by and, and increase it by 20%, what would that look like? Because that gives you a couple of career possibilities, which we'll, we'll come on to later as one of the career habits, but it gives you a couple of different career possibilities to explore. And I don't think, you know, we're not saying you have to change your job to do this, but I think it is all about trying to identify opportunities in your job to use your super strengths as much as possible because it's going to be better for you, better for your company. So if I think about the specific action for me here, I said probably like sort of 70, 80% of my time is using my super strengths. The reason that I am not at 100% is because I have to spend running a small business um, as we do. It means that you have to be, you stretch quite thinly. So I do everything from uh, working with our accountant to uh, kind of managing some operational stuff to delivering to talking to our lovely clients. Lots, like quite a broad amount of stuff. And not all of it is my, is my strengths in brackets accounting <laughs> and some of the detailed stuff so actually <laughs> but you're better than me so you know that's a good thing <laughs> that, may, that may be true but it's definitely not my super strength so for me to be able to increase my thing from maybe a 70 percent to 90 percent of the time that i'm using my super strengths there are some practical things that we need to do in our business we might need to bring in other people to do some of that work for us or look at how we reduce it and so that it doesn't become so time consuming so my action really my specific action for me to increase it is to look at who we could bring into our business next year on a flexible basis because that's one of the things that we're really passionate about to do some of the work that I am currently doing to enable me to spend more of my time on the things that I'm great at Uh, and it's a very active conversation for Sarah and I at the moment. So if you're listening, uh, look out for that because we'll definitely share it on Instagram and LinkedIn and things like that very openly. So if you're thinking, oh, well, I'm actually somebody who's brilliant in terms of operations and really efficient and really organized and loves the detail um you never know uh, yeah. 2019 yeah. could be the could be coming your way <laughs> i like the fact we're now using our podcast to like advertise jobs for, for ourselves not part of our plan but yeah. you know um so let's move on to habit number seven which is random acts of curiosity and actually this is something i'm becoming increasingly passionate about because i really worry that you know people get so immersed and involved in their jobs and often people's jobs seem to be getting to be so full on that there's no time for what I always call these meerkat moments these moments where you pop your head up and you look around and you're looking around just because something is interesting not because it's going to make you necessarily better at your job or not necessarily going to help you get a promotion or it might not even be relevant to your day job it's just something that you're curious about something that you want to learn more about and I think you can, I actually think the people who are brilliant at this are actually really few few and far between. And if you want to see someone who's who's great at this, you should look at Ian Sanders. Look him up on Instagram. I'm not sure what his handle is, Helen. Is it just Ian Sanders? I think it might just be Ian Sanders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and look up Ian because he, he has just integrated random acts of curiosity, I think, into 
just how he lives and how he works. And you can see how when he goes to a different event or a different place or a different space or he reads something different, it obviously really inspires him just generally in his life as well as inspiring the work that he does. And I think almost like, because even though it's random, personally, for me, I find that to kind of make random acts of curiosity actually happen, I have to really think about how I'm going to make those things happen. Otherwise, I just yeah, don't. Can I create the environment yeah, for curiosity you do. to thrive? Um, unless it's a, you know, a real natural talent for you, you almost need to think about, okay, so how am I going to create the time and space to do this as part of my week or as part of my month? And we're all really, I think, in the main kind of creatures of habit. And so it's so easy to think I'm going to the same places, I listen to the same things because it's easy and it's comfortable. Even the other day I was thinking, and I I always think I'm quite a curious person, somebody um, recommended a new podcast to me and I was thinking, oh, but... Uh, that would have to replace one of my existing podcasts. And I'm not you sure have such I'm... a fear of new podcasts. I, think I do. It's really I, have a weird, I have a weird fear of new podcasts because I just think, oh, but I really love the ones I've got. And then what happens if I listen? It's like, and they're, it's like they're like it. children or something. And you don't I don't know. To... <laughs> I don't know, but I, need to, I do need to go over it. It is, it is a bit weird. <laughs> and what's really interesting is I think I'd, I'd sort of committed in my head that there's a certain exhibition that I wanted to go and see at Somerset House um, in London all about, um, it's called Good Grief Charlie Brown. It's about Snoopy. And I've known for about two months I really want to go and do that. And to me, that's just a random act of curiosity. I just think, oh, I'm just I'm just interested in that. But I've not been intentional enough about making time for it, so I've not been. And so I think this is where you've got to work out how do you build this into your day? How do you prioritise it? Because otherwise it just it just won't happen. And it's amazing how when you do these sorts of things, I think different parts of your brain light up in a, you know, non-scientific way. I'm not basing that particularly <laughs> on any on any actual science. There is course I, in neuroscience. Yeah, but I do feel like actually if you do take the time for this stuff, it's amazing how then you solve problems in a better way or in a different way. You know, you've just you've, you've put yourself in a kind of new space and environment. You maybe put yourself um, outside your comfort zone if you've gone to meet someone for a coffee with no agenda and you're just going oh I'm just sort of meeting this person just because I think they're interesting not because you know I, I want them to give me a job or I want to talk about something specific and so this is I think a really good habit to kind of nurture in yourself and and just personally I think it is inspiring and it keeps you you know in a squiggly career where we never know quite where they're going to take us next where we might end up building this into your life I think just keeps everybody interesting and interested and so my specific action on this for 2019 is to take more inspiration from places that I've not visited before so I live just about in London I like to say I live in London um I can still use an oyster card where I live so I think it's still London but other people might might argue otherwise but there are actually still quite a lot of parts of London I've not been to before and I used to live in very central London and there was something about that environment that kind of encouraged us to almost be more tourist-like. And I loved it because we tried, you know, different restaurants. We were we discovered different places. Whereas now I feel like we are kind of quite routine-based, even in our weekends. And it's very easy, in our case, and this will, this will sound as boring to some people as probably is, is to go to another National Trust property, which is basically how we spend our weekends. And, yeah, there are places in London that I've just never been to. Like, I've never been to the Greenwich Observatory, for example. And I, and I know I would find that interesting. 
and Max, my little boy, is now old enough that I would feel confident enough to take an 18-month-old into London or to go to some places more in North London, which I've previously loved and not been to for a long time. And so my random acts of curiosity that I'm going to build into 2019 are going to be around places specifically. I'm already pretty good at people, but I'm not so good at places. And so every month I want to visit one new place in London that I've not been to before. And I'll put it on Instagram each month, the kind of the new place that I've oh, discovered cool. as a way of uh, a, making sure I do it. And everyone in our community will tell me off if I don't. <laughs> Held to account. Yeah. Okay, so habit number eight then. So habit number eight is all around our favourite things, our inbox, our emails. But the specific habit is to really think about how you're treating your emails and particularly how you associate them with achievement and to recognise that emails are not achievements. Every time that you answer, forward, send an email, that is not an achievement in itself. And I think it is a an increasingly hard thing to manage I know a lot of people Mm. I know I sometimes fell into this trap that you kind of almost start your day with your inbox and you get a bit sucked into it or in between meetings that you go into it and it's a very I kind of think it's very heads down behavior so it's very you and your computer and so I think the more time you spend doing that the kind of Uh, less opportunity you maybe get to be curious to interact with new people to connect with people you know and and to connect people together which is a you know one of the habits we mentioned last week and I really I think the thing here is to just think about how you are treating email within your your work life think about the power you are giving it over your time and really the real specific action that we're encouraging you to think about for this year is to think about the specific boundaries that you want to put around how you are managing your email and the reason that we're talking about this about you specifically is because there isn't really a right or wrong like we can't sit here and say oh so check your emails at nine and twelve and five and don't check them in between because that's not realistic and that might work for some people and it might not work for other people so we'll share in a second we'll share what we do and we'll share what some other people do but ultimately reflect on what power is your email and your inbox having over you um to think about kind of how you're reacting to it is it in control of you how much time you're spending on it does that make you happy and feel satisfied or not so like answer all of those questions for yourself and then think about what boundaries would work for you specifically so for me for example for this year what I'm thinking about is I actually do quite like doing some emails first thing in the morning <laughs> you don't say is, you don't say Helen yeah I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh god she's already done two hours worth of work oh <laughs> but I do quite like it but what I need to do in terms of the specific action I need to take to improve is I need to put a time around it so I need to say you know by 9 30 I'm out of my inbox and then I will check it you know maybe at four o'clock I will go back into it because otherwise I just kind of keep going in there all day and I think it gets in the way of me doing slightly more focused work because people don't from my my perspective people don't need an urgent 
reply to me right now thing and it almost sets up the expectation that I can't maintain that if I keep doing it all the time so my specific boundaries for next year for me anyway are I will do email in the morning because it works for me but I will kind of sort of stop going into my inbox from about 9 30 and then I'm going to aim to do it a more of like a an hour from about four o'clock onwards I am not suggesting that that is right for everybody because I think you have to work out what's right for you but I think that's what will work for me this year um what about you Sarah what do you think what boundaries work for you because you you know you've got your job at Gravity Road and you've got Amazing If and you've got other things that you do outside of that yeah I think what I found difficult last year is now almost the multiple communication methods or platforms yeah so the thing that I definitely didn't get right in 2018 is there are things on Slack there are things on WhatsApp there are text messages there are emails and what you can't do is you can't just get rid of different platforms because different teams and different companies work in different ways. So what I think you have to have for yourself is your own master view of what you need to do in what order and what your priorities are. And what I've not been very good at, and the thing I really want to crack for 2019, is I can't keep all of my worlds separate because that's yeah. that's that's too I find that too difficult. Whereas that, and I think I've tried to do that because I thought, oh well, maybe it's helpful to know that for Gravity Road I need to do these things, for Amazing if I need to do these, and they're in different places. I think in 2019 I'd sort of need to pick a platform in terms of more to do lists and priorities, keep it really simple, and also make sure I'm prioritising as I go so that I just don't end up missing things because I really don't like the idea of ignoring people. But I think last year for the first time ever I probably missed emails that were that people needed a response to which is actually I I sort of think if someone has emailed me specifically I think you should you should reply yeah I I agree but I think sometimes you've got to kind of recognize that you're like you're human so one of the things that I actually like and thinking I have the same thing with different channels but I really like on Slack so I'm kind of part of an organization called the Hoxby Collective and it's a global community of people who work in a way that works for them, basically. But that means there's messages going on at all times of the day because of this kind of global community. But on Slack, you can just put the snooze button on. And it's really nice if I send a message to somebody who's put snooze on, it just says like, I don't know, Sarah has snoozed. And you know... I don't, it just feels I don't know there's something about it I don't know there's a positioning it just feels fine I don't get resentful that Sarah's having a sleep or whatever I just think okay she'll probably pick that up tomorrow yeah. morning do you know what it sort um, of feels it, like is what it, it's just a nice way of managing expectations yeah so you know like when yeah. you're on a train this is like a very real example when you're on a train and you don't know why it's not leaving versus if someone goes okay we've got a delay but we're going to leave in 10 minutes you sort of go okay I get that sometimes there are delays 10 minutes is fine you know, it's just the difference, yeah. isn't it, between knowing and not knowing. So Agreed. also you feel like you don't have to keep going back and checking. I also saw a really lovely example of this that I really liked from a company called Utopia. And their email signature they have, which I've copied because I thought it'd be really nice for people to hear, is when you, at the bottom, underneath kind of the saying thank you in people's name, it says, uh, we work flexibly at Utopia. And if you receive an email from me outside of your preferred working hours, please do ignore it and reply when most convenient to you. Rest and recovery is critical to happiness. Don't let email ruin it. Little emoticon of a smiley, smiley face. Now, you know, you might not be in an organisation where you can do that, or you might be. But I think I felt like that was a really nice, again, a really nice positioning where 
if someone has emailed me and actually it's on a day where maybe I'm doing something different or I don't work during that time because maybe I'm picking Max up from nursery, it felt like, oh, that's okay. You know, this person gets that I might not work in exactly the same way as them. And it's sort of understanding that everybody is different and personal and seeing you as kind of yourself rather than just part of an organisation, which I think is really nice. Yeah, I agree. And so on to habit number nine. This is help someone else with their career development. We've talked a lot about how you can help yourself. And I think everyone will find that if you find a way to support other people in your career development, it is personally really rewarding because most people really enjoy helping people. And through helping others, you'll find that you also learn an awful lot. And so a particular favourite way of mine to do this, which is really simple and straightforward, is to give people strengths-based feedback. And the way that I do that is... Or just say to somebody in that particular presentation or this week or over the last month, I've really seen you at your best when XXX. So that might be when you've been presenting, you tell brilliant stories um, in a meeting. I always think you come really well prepared, which means you have lots of gravitas. Try and be really specific in that strengths based feedback. But that small moment of you giving somebody that kind of insight into the way that the impact that they're having will really help them with their career. So I think the action here is for you to think about who can you help with their career development and how can you help? And that, like I said, doesn't have to be, you know, taking on a big mentoring relationship. It could just be informally supporting people in your team with certain skills or certain behaviours that maybe you're good at and you can share that learning with other people. It could be giving things like strengths-based feedback. It could be helping just your friends. You know, the amount of people actually who come to Amazing If Courses or listen to our podcast and then share it with their friends. That's a really brilliant example of a small action that you can take where you've helped somebody else with their career development. And the one thing that I'm actually going to do in 2019 is try and practice my coaching a little bit more. So I qualified as a coach two years ago, but at the moment I struggled to make the time to have active coaching relationships. But I think coaching is something you really need to practice and it's a skill and you need to be doing it to kind of get even better at it. And so there's someone specific I know who would really benefit from coaching and who's talked to me about it before. And so I'm going to get back in touch with them and see if they would be interested because I th- hopefully that would help them. But also it would it would help me too. You are also a brilliant coach though, Sarah. You ask amazing questions. So whilst you might want to have an active coaching relationship, you do a lot of it all the time just uh, and you're very, very good. So. <laughs> okay. I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't, year, I wasn't like fishing for, for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Moving on before, you know, I make your head too big and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, so habit number 10. Ooh, drum roll. I get the final one. Habit Ooh, number 10. I wish we did have we sound think... effects. You know, like radio know, shows have sound effects. This is definitely a podcast that needs sound effects. <laughs> um, but habit number 10 for your happy career in 2019 is to explore your possibilities. Um, and what we mean by that is your, your career possibilities. So one of the things that Sarah and I talk to people about is that actually career plans where you focus on that one particular role that you want to do in two years time are a little bit out of step with squiggly careers because so much is changing in terms of where we work and the companies that we work a lot of the jobs that we might do might not exist yet a lot of the jobs that Sarah and I have done in the past we were the first people to do them if you think about um, technology giving rise to new roles and the way that organizations are changing it's hard to predict all of that stuff so being really blinkered about a job relies on that job being there when you want it and probably someone else also moving on from that job which they might not want to do and it can really limit your opportunities so we're much more in favor of exploring your career possibilities broadening your perspectives on how you can apply your strengths the bit we talked about earlier in lots of different contexts because squiggly careers I think the stats are that we're going to be working for like 47 years I know I know 47 years and I bet it'll be longer it's just what they say now but if you think gosh we're going to be working for that long actually thinking that about all the different ways that you could use your strengths will play will make a more interesting career it will mean that you can I think enjoy more likely to enjoy those 47 years do you know what I was just thinking saying, I wonder like in 47 years actually it's not gonna be quite that long but let's say in 20 years I wonder <laughs> what we're talking about on our podcast that week <laughs> I wonder, we'll probably, we'll probably still what, what, what be doing podcasts it. look like yeah <laughs> who who knows but um yeah so I think about your the different ways that you can use the things that you're good at basically different roles um because it can help you develop and it can also help your career stay interesting which is so important to us staying actually connected and happy in what we're doing and the other thing that we notice is that some people fall into a bit of a trap of looking um I would say a possibility but I think it's more limited than that looking at a job when they when they need one so they'll make a decision that they want to move on from their current role be it in their company or outside of it and think okay I've made the decision I want to move on so I want to go to my next job and that slightly skews the questions that they might ask about the new job because they already know that they want to move and potentially they've become a little bit fixed in terms of thinking about the jobs they want to go on to next because they're focused more on moving than exploring and in terms of career habits it is so beneficial for you to just think about exploring your career possibilities as a regular thing that you're doing it's not about hunting for a new job it is just about exploring the different contexts where you could apply your strengths to add value and also thinking about what you might need to learn to do those jobs in the future and it's just about having territories that you're interested in so that could be different industries it could be different roles in your profession it could be completely different to completely different jobs so like dream roles for example but having an idea of the territories that interest you and setting up conversations with people 
it could be virtual ones, could be in person, that just help you to explore them, explore what those jobs look like in reality, explore your suitability for those jobs, and maybe understand your strengths that you have today and some development areas. And the more that you can fit exploring possibilities into the way that you work, the more in control of your opportunities in a squiggly career you can be. So one of the career possibilities, for example, that Sarah and I are actively exploring for this year, there's two really. Um, The first is, could we work with an educational institution like a university to do some kind of like a kind of visiting professor type role where we could bring squiggly careers training to their students? So that's something that we're exploring. What might that look like? Could we do it now? Have we got any gaps? Um, And the other thing that we are both exploring is um, non-executive roles on boards. It's something that we're both really passionate about. we recognize we've got some things that we might need to learn so we're also looking at courses that we might need to go on Um, but we're actively talking to people I've been talking to someone today for example about what opportunities might exist how they align with the things that we're passionate about what contribution we could make could our strengths add a particular value Uh, and we're just having those conversations with people and it's not about that opportunity being there tomorrow it's just about planting the seed and letting it grow if it's going to and it grow And so, as always, we'll put some resources up to support each of those habits. But let me just do a quick summary for you. So habit number six was to supercharge your strengths. Habit number seven, make sure you have some random acts of curiosity in your life. Habit number eight, make sure your emails are not your achievements. Habit number nine, help someone else with their career development. And habit number 10, explore your career possibilities. And some of the resources are things like the Startup Review book, which is by Reid Hoffman, one of the founders of LinkedIn, which I'd really recommend, especially if you're thinking about career possibilities. There's some great work that Harvard Business Review have done about the importance of curiosity and your curiosity profile. And there's a couple of podcasts that we've done previously around things like strengths and possibilities that we'll make sure we link to. And so that brings us to the end of the kind of 10 career habits that we think will really help you for 2019. And as we go into this year together, all of us listening to the Squiggly Career Podcast, I'd love everyone to really think about how can you make your own work better this year? And we know that during January is often a real time where people start to really think about their careers, reflect on what you want to do differently. Everyone's making New Year's resolutions or breaking them, as the case may be. So in January, we'll cover loads of things that we just know are going to be really relevant to people, whether it's how to update your CV and your LinkedIn profile, how to get a promotion, you know, things like how to change careers, because we, we know those things will be really top of mind. And if you're listening to this and there's something that you think is particularly relevant for January for right now, get in touch and let us know. We'll still definitely be able to include different topics towards the end of January. You can find us on Instagram at amazingif, email us at getintouchamazingif.com or find us on Twitter at amazing underscore if. And for now, going to 2019, hopefully really excited about what all the kind of possibilities your squiggly career can hold. Um, And thanks as always for listening. See you next week. Bye for now. Bye everyone. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.